still buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, sisters, it's been uh, kind of a scary day in, I was going to say in America, but the world? In the world. Yeah. It's a scary day in time Everywhere. in humanity today. Been a scary while. I don't want to stop being bit. scary. It has been. I mean, I, I think that, I, I say today's been scary, but I think that the the world has been kind of, it's felt very overwhelming for a, well, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, but today in particular, I think all of us have been trying to think or talk about something else, teen related uh, to do a show about today and I don't think our, our hearts or our minds are anywhere other than well specifically at the moment probably with Las Vegas right now yeah um, and so we thought it would be kind of disingenuous to talk about anything else um, especially something that was a little lighter because uh, while I do think that it is very important when we are in darker times to have things that can distract you and lighten your mood and you can escape a little bit now and then. I do think that is very important. I just don't think the three of us are ready to do that quite yet. If that's what you need, you know, this episode, maybe not sure what to go to. We have, I'm not saying go somewhere else. We have a back (laughs) catalog, but yeah, no, but I just don't think, I don't think we're at a, at a, at a mindset where we can discuss that yet. Um, but that is important and whatever else we talk about it is always important to take care of yourself and I think sometimes that means like catharsis meaning talking about the things that are scary and overwhelming and hard Uh, I think that's important too because that's how you figure out how to cope with them and how to make changes to make them better but I also think it's important to have the other side of that which is you know, taking a walk or taking a bath or watching a movie or hanging out with your friends or your family. So you can have both. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but right now, I think the, the main thing we wanted to talk about, and Riley, you, you actually mentioned this first, so maybe you should explain. Um, I think a lot of times when you are a teenager or not an adult in a position to do a lot when things like this happen you assume that there's nothing you can do and you just feel kind of helpless like you're watching all this happen and I mean I'm at the age where other people my age I'm sure can agree I'm old enough to understand what is happening and watch what is happening and know that people are doing stuff to help but I'm not really at a place where I can do as much as others can but I mean there are still ways to help people in positions worse than your own when you're a teenager and still things you can do to put good into the community around you and I think a lot of times teenagers lose sight of that and adults lose sight of the fact that teenagers can be a help as well yeah and I think we've talked about on the show before how to cope with these kinds of events like how to rationalize it and get through it and you know understand it even when you're too young to have control over much of anything Mm -hmm. but I think that the thing we haven't delved into as much is what you can do because I think a lot of times I may have said this before I stole it from Justin that the best cure for despair is action Mm -hmm. Hmm. 
And, and I really think that that's true because otherwise you feel just locked in this kind of cycle of fear and sadness and, you know, lack of control. And, and there are things that you can do in response to, to tragedies. So For sure. that's what we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, so first of all, as uh, I would say, just kind of going back and Tay, I don't know if you feel the same way, like into our teenage years, I don't remember feeling like I had the ability to do much in response to big scary things that that happened in the world I don't remember feeling like I was empowered to if that makes sense I I would agree with that I mean and and this is you know I don't memory softens things but I also feel like I don't think it was I mean there were to me in my teenage years there were anomalies there was September 11th that just you know shook the world for us all and and emotionally devastated us and then it but I, I mean they were it didn't seem like something where every week there was a new thing that kind of made you feel the need to act I, I, I think that that's maybe that's just memory playing tricks on me but it seems like there's a lot more of a constant need to to do something it's not just like this one random thing happens and oh that's terrible but surely that doesn't happen all the time where now it does so I think that's true. I mean, I feel that way too. And I I know what you're saying though. I don't want to ever say, I really don't want to be one of those people who just says, well, in my day, the world was basically good and bad stuff happened, but it was few and far between. Right. And now everything's so much worse. I don't want to say that because I don't think that's true. I think we can point to many moments in history where things were pretty bad. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't the first time things have been bad. And I mean, we were also the, I mean, I'm, you know, no, I, I, I'm just going to say it. We're, we're the voting populace that also maybe has allowed things to happen due to inaction to create the environment we're currently in. So probably the inaction in my youth is, is and in my generation's youth, is to blame for what's going on now in the world in a certain degree. Sure. And and it's also, I don't think you can erase the fact that, uh, and again, I'll, I'll just say it, if we look back, like when people call back to I always hate that, like a kinder, gentler time in American history. That's a complete myth. And I think it's really easy for people who are of our same racial background to say that because they have not, they're just completely disregarding all of the, you know, systemic oppression that has affected people who aren't white in this country for, uh, since its inception. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. So I I always hate that kind of attitude, like things used to be so good and now they're bad. Um, But I do I do know what you're saying, Taylor, and that I I feel that like there's constant need for action now. I feel like every day there's I should be doing something. And and I mean, that's, you know, that's probably part and parcel with living in, um, uh, you know, a very media like aware age, like a very like every things that happen across the country we can know about immediately and we do. But then that that makes us a lot more aware, but it also then opens up a lot more venues for us to help, which I think maybe back in our day, there was still plenty of bad stuff going on. But A, we weren't really informed about a lot of it. And B, there weren't maybe quite as easily accessed venues to to help directly. Sure. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think uh, the internet is a really easy example of that. Yeah. You know? I almost, right. I almost said when you were talking about before you said things don't happen, things didn't happen like that when you all were younger. I almost said the same thing and I feel like I couldn't because I wasn't there. But I think just based on the fact that the, the worst mass shooting in U.S. history was like 16 months ago and that was the last one and now here yeah. we are you know less than a year and a half later I think it's it's just things happened and things are still happening but now it's like I don't know I'm growing up in a generation where we don't even talk about things like this that happen in class when they happen like we don't consider them like this is an insane it is an insane national tragedy but we don't talk about them like this is a once in a lifetime thing that is happening. We need to talk about this and look at what we can do to change things. We just look at it as well. This is a thing that has happened before. And for some reason have come to the mindset of this is a thing that's going to continue happening. And there's nothing we can do about it. Well, I mean, it's it's not like if you look statistically, it's not surprising you would feel that way when you consider that if we take the definition of mass shootings being what, f I think four people mm -hmm. uh, are are killed, I believe is the definition, other than the shooter. Mm. That's that's what just constitutes technically when, when they say a mass shooting. There are other broader definitions that I've seen used where uh, the number is lower, where they include the shooter or they include the number of people who were shot and, and not just who who died. But, the, you know, there are different definitions. But generally speaking, there's at least a mass shooting a day on average in this country uh in most years it's more than one a day on average so it's it's not surprising that you would feel that way yeah which is which is also why i think it's okay a lot of people will make the argument that this is not the time to talk about you know what do we do how do we fix this how do we change things how, what do we do about guns this is not the moment to talk about it let's wait until we're further away from the tragedy because it's politicizing it well here's the thing when do we talk about it if we're having shootings every day in this country when do we talk about it when, when, that, when they're all done when when they're all done. <laughs> when are the shootings done they're not when do we yeah because the thing is like it's it's not i saw someone say it's not too early to talk about gun violence it's too late it's too late mm -hmm. when it's happened again like we've waited too long I really like what what Griffin said actually about it all. He said it doesn't it doesn't have to be a partisan thing. It's not a politics thing. It's not right or left. It's not like what you believe and what someone else believes. It's common sense and mm -hmm. looking at what's been happening and looking at what statistics say we can do to help and what facts say we can do to help and doing those things or else nothing gets done. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's I mean, that's the thing. I'm I'm a I consider myself a scientist. I like to look for scientific answers to questions. So, you know, the US is an anomaly. We are when it comes to gun violence, we are exceptional in that regard. Um, not to use exceptional as a positive word, but as an exception to the rule when it comes to the number of gun uh, related deaths we have among developed nations. So if that's the problem, let's find a scientific solution. And when you look at other developed nations that have fewer guns or stricter gun law, they have fewer gun deaths. Which makes sense. It makes sense and it's scientifically founded. So that seems like a great place to start with gun legislation. 
Unfortunately, we can't go much farther than that because there's a lot of research into gun safety and, and, and gun violence that we can't perform because there are lobbyists that make sure that those things go against why certain organizations get funding, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I mean, you're exactly right. And I mean, I don't I'm, I have no problem you two don't have to call them out. I have no problem saying that the NRA is at fault for this in many ways, not solely. Well, I do not mean that they are solely yeah. responsible, but the NRA is hugely at fault because uh, they are funding politicians to vote against the interests of their citizens and to vote in the interest of a lobbying organization. Uh, and that's it. I mean, if like, if the the National Potato Council was trying to squash all research into <laughs> potatoes causing cancer, wouldn't you kind of go like, but wait, why are you so worried about that? I'm not going to eat potatoes anymore. It's just like, that's pretty much like, you know, incriminating Ted, evidence right you're there. I wasn't with that analogy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it turned I jumped out really right good, into it. I jumped right into it. I understand. Uh, I understand what you're saying. I, it was a very good analogy. I would like to clarify that as far as I know, potatoes don't cause cancer. <laughs> I mean, I love potatoes. I'm not, I'm not, this has nothing to do with it. And not, not to make light. I'm just saying it's just, it's just that ridiculous. It's not, it's not anything you really have to search for. I mean, I, I, I agree sure. with you, Sid. I, I despise what the NRA does. And I do think that it's like, you know, it's not even trying to squash legislation that restricts guns. It's trying to squash information, studies. So just 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 to find out what's going on with with gun violence in America. Like that's that seems kind of just showing your hand there. <laughs> well, and the and the thing is, this is not unprecedented. You know, people have people talk like if we want to talk about like how you can help one example is you can call your legislators and you don't have to be 18 yet to do this you know we we were talking a lot about what you can do as a teenager you don't have to be 18 to call your representative Mm -hmm. they're going to be your they are your representative and you are going to vote unless you move i guess (laughs) in that district sooner or later so by the next election in our area i will be voting so, so you can call now. You don't yeah. have to wait. It's fine to say I am a you are a constituent. You are a you are not voting yet, but you will be and your opinion matters and counts because they're still making decisions that will affect you. So it's fine to call and voice your opinions on those things. And while that seems like it always seems so daunting with gun control because because of the NRA, uh, I saw someone point out this is a great this is a great analogy. It was very daunting with the tobacco industry for a long time to get the truth out there about the link between cigarettes and cancer. That was a lot harder than you think it would be to to allow, you know, us to say there is a problem here Mm -hmm. and then to eventually hold the tobacco industry responsible for their role in it. That took a really long time, but obviously it's happened because everyone's aware now. Right. There is no one out there, I think, who is still smoking, who isn't at least aware of what they may possibly be exposing themselves to. So we can get there. You know, no, no one is no one is too big. I think I think a big part of this being a teenager growing up around it is you you watch all of it happen through media because that's where we've grown up 
experiencing pretty much everything i mean even things that happen in our hometowns or with our friends we're experiencing through social media we're not experiencing in person um i think that i saw i I saw an interesting video online that was talking about how media kind of can promote these kinds of things in a way where we we understand that they happen a lot and we talk about them in a way that it's not that it's not a big deal but in a way that it's happened before so Mm -hmm. it's not like a once in a lifetime thing and this is something that's never happened before but we sensationalize them to a point when covering them in the news where we're giving these kinds of events more airtime than ways to help end them Mm-hmm. And I saw a really interesting um, interview with a criminal psychologist talking about you can't make these things the headlines. You can't give these events 24-hour coverage and give people all the details and all the ways these people did what they did and had access to the weapons they did because this promotes this kind of thing happening again. And I think we almost see it as, I I hate to say this because it's such an awful thing, but sometimes it's seen as good media like interesting to watch right i mean you're right i mean i i do think that is why it is and people watch it played because they're interested in it and people will pay attention to it but it's not necessarily helpful and i think that's a big part of why my generation almost feels helpless in a way because we're watching it like something that's not even real like we're watching it that's something like it's easy to feel like it's something that didn't even happen when I mean, we're living on the other side of the country. I understand that it did happen. I wasn't personally affected by it. So I could see where someone else who's my age living in our area could say it seems about as real as like a TV show. Do you think that, that, do you think that's, I mean, this is, this is a conversation that's been going on for how many decades. Do you think that that desensitizes people to it? I think it definitely does. I mean, I think I think I am sensitive to these issues in a sense where, I mean, I hurt when things like this happen because even though I'm not personally affected by them, I know there are people that are. Mm-hmm. I know there is someone out there who is probably my age and who was injured or who had a friend or a parent or a relative or someone who is hurting deeply because of this. But I've seen it happen so many times. It's there's the shock value to it has kind of gone away and i i mean i woke up this morning and my alarm went off of my phone and i turned my phone over and it was six in the morning and i immediately had like 10 news notifications from all my different news sources online talking about what had happened in las vegas and it wasn't even like a moment of like oh my gosh this is this is crazy i can't i can't believe this happened it was like this is terrible i'm not surprise that something like this has happened i mean i i I can see where you're coming from with that because i will say you know that justin woke me up with that today because i slept in a little bit because charlie let me and the uh the first thing he said was have you looked at twitter yet and i thought oh no you know i mean that that usually means something bad Mm -hmm. that usually doesn't mean something good and uh when i when I asked no why and he told me what had happened it 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 is different because I feel like there were times when I was younger when things happened like I don't know like Columbine might be an example where we were glued to the television just in shock and horror over what we were seeing and the results and and you know what 
people were going through. I feel like we all lived that moment by moment. And there is a difference now in that I, you know, certainly I looked online and read about it and I'm aware of what happened, but it also, there is a way of kind of rationalizing it and saying, well, that's what, that's what happens here. That's, that's part of, that's part of being an American citizen, I guess. If you even look at after something like Columbine, which I wasn't even alive for, I wasn't there to witness it. But there were books written about it and there were like, it's included in textbooks and it's included in TV specials. And it's like this, it kind of marks the beginning of an era in a sense in American history. Um, But now look at recent tragedies. There aren't as many things that are created about it because it's there. There's nothing, I hate to say nothing new, but I mean, it's not we're hearing the same things over and over again because the same things are happening on a regular basis. Which is, is hard too. I will say, I will I will make this note before a lot of people correct us. I do recognize, we were talking about this beforehand, that statistically gun deaths are going down in the United States. We have been in a downward trend for some time. But I think what's a problem if you just focus on that piece of information is that you're ignoring the fact that the number of gun-related deaths in this country, whether they be homicides or suicides, which is a whole other thing we haven't talked about, mm-hmm. uh, are so, are exponentially higher than the next developed nations behind us. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you, if you look at a graph of gun deaths here versus all other developed nations, it's astounding the difference. So, well, yes, we are on a downward trend. I think it could be fair to say that there's obviously a lot more we could be doing. Well, going down is good. Our going down is still insanely high for other nations. Right. And I, and I don't think it's... I think that that is cold comfort to offer to the friends and family of, of those whose lives are lost in these senseless acts. Because, well, but don't feel bad because there were 3.5 fewer gun deaths this year than there were last year right. I don't see how that's very comforting Yeah. frankly it helps about as much as thoughts and prayers <laughs> so yeah I, I I wish there was more I felt like I feel horrible saying some of the things I say about like becoming desensitized to it and seeing it as as media for I don't want to say entertainment purposes but as something to look at online and be distracted by online Mm. but I think that's just I it's just like the mindset of a generation that's grown up with these events and with media all at once I mean I feel like my generation is the first born into screens if you will and born into Mm -hmm. technology and social media but also the first born into a generation where events like these are common occurrences and i think i th- i have another theory thought about a difference between our generations that i wonder how it's going to play out especially in in things like this um and so i have a question i want to ask you about that but before i get into that conversation let's check the group message we have something to talk about on the group message today Yes, we do. 
I always like, and this is, I think this is a nice break in this episode in particular because we have a Jumbotron message today and people showing love and affection for each other and friendship and positivity, I think is something we haven't addressed as a way to help. Yeah. But it's definitely but it a way to help. it certainly is. Yeah. So, so here's a little, little ray of positivity. Yeah. For this episode. A little, a little ray of sunshine in the middle yeah. of the episode. So uh, who's our message for today? Our message is for John, and it's from Kate. And Kate says, hopefully you have a house by now. If so, congratulations. If not, boo. <laughs> Either <laughs> I, way. I, I think I, that's <laughs> a boo, like a boo. Ooh, like a not like ghost. a, no, <laughs> not like a ghost. Not like boo. <laughs> it, it is October, so I'm going to assume it's like a ghost. Um, either way, I hope you and BC have many amazing adventures filled with chaos, 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 and indoor plumbing. I said it like that because it's in all caps. Yeah. Um, you're both rad and have amazing hair. Aw. And that's from Kate for John. Oh, very cool. Well, I, I hope you have a house or, you know, it's not haunted. Is that what that's implying? <laughs> oh, I hope it's not haunted. Hmm. Good luck, John. But it is spoopy season. In, unless was... the person sending this is in fact a ghost and... The curse of this oh. ghost will only be lifted when you are a homeowner. Maybe that's what it is. So, dun, dun, dun. yeah, young, Kate is going to keep the secret plot haunting thickens. you. All right. <laughs> 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 well, good luck with that, John. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say we were talking about being positive can help, and I really think it can. I think just going out of your way to be a good person when so much bad stuff happens. That always helps, even if you're not helping on a broad scale or on a national, mm-hmm. international level. Just, like, be nice. Be yeah. good. Do good. Be light in darkness. And right, things will turn out okay. Well, if enough people make that decision, then it becomes, you know. Yeah. If everyone can like decide a lot to of be good, then things <laughs> become good. That was the analogy. Like, when a, lo- when a lot of people do that, then it's like a lot of people... I'm sorry that wasn't perfect. Well, I think I'll work on it. But I mean, that's <laughs> that's important to remember because you know, Riley, you're talking about like when you're constantly plugged into media, and um, it we do seem to get the stories that will sell, and it's you know, it's it's the it's the beginning of the worst of things always. It's the the hurricane, the shooting, the flood. We don't get the resolution. We don't see the people that are helping that are that are pitching in. That's just not maybe that's just not as good of a story, but. I think that because of the constant hum of sadness, it's it's easy to, like you said, just accept it that this is status quo. And I, I think that we all have to try better to not accept it. Don't, to not let this be our reality. It is, but I think part of just consuming it and digesting it and, and doing nothing is what's al- allowing it to exacerbate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I th- I think you're absolutely right. One one thing that I've I've wondered about with your generation, Riley, now is that a lot of what's happened in this in our country in the last has it been almost a year? The last year. I think since November, yeah. I guess is what I mean. <laughs> um I I feel like a lot of what's happened has been really shocking for me personally. And I don't think just me. I think that a lot of people who are like me, who grew up kind of thinking like, well, I know adults don't have it all figured out, 
but they can usually handle the big stuff mm -hmm. because they know how to act like grown-ups. They know how to, um, even when they're angry, be nice to people. They know how to, <laughs> you know, sit down and have a conversation with somebody even when they secretly can't stand them and they don't know how to talk to them and they come to a solution to the problem at the end. That's a grown-up thing. And like someday I'll be a grown-up and I'll figure out how to do that. But I don't have to worry about it yet because grown-ups have the big stuff in hand. I used to, I remember thinking that when I was younger, like, well, the big stuff they'll handle though. I don't have to worry about big tragedies and big disasters because the grown-ups have that stuff. Right. I, I really grew up with that kind of illusion. And I think that we all have that to some extent as kids and then it goes away a little bit as we grow up. But it's really been more recently that for me I've looked and thought yeah. I don't I don't feel like anybody has it I, anybody who's in charge anymore can handle anything yeah I, I said I, yeah I mean are you feel do you have you had that thought Taylor no I mean I I don't I, yeah like I think all the grown-ups have gone away or wait am I more grown up than the people that are holding the reins because I think so and oh no well because what, whatever whatever side of the political spectrum you're on when you see the president of the United States getting in like flame wars on Twitter and, and all of a sudden you're thinking like, well, I mean, I try to be mature enough not to do that. Like I try really hard yeah. never to do that. And like I, I would I would advise Riley as a young person, like, don't get on fights on the Internet. It's just not a it's it. Don't do that. Like you it only will end up in pain and suffering. Don't do it. And then when all of a sudden you're going, but the grownups, the people in charge are doing it, just as one example, you start to feel like my whole world order is suddenly collapsing. No one knows what they're doing. There is no secret plan. Nobody has our backs. Nobody's really, there is no safety net. We're all just free falling and I don't know who's going to stop us. Your generation, I think you've grown up, you're like, you're growing up with that. Yeah. That's um, very that's very different from me coming to that at 34 years old going, well, I guess no one ever had it figured out and it's we've all been at risk for this all along. You're growing up with that. And and that's becoming increasingly more evident as I'm in my government class and and I ask questions like why are we not talking about the things that are happening right now? Like I get that we have to learn about the constitution and the amendments and like what all the articles say. But why are we not talking about all the things that are happening and all the, the decisions that are being made that will affect all of us at some point? And, and we're basically being told uh, we can talk about them, but that's not going to do anything. And it's like, it's going to be on your generation at some point to do something about them. But right now you're all kids, so you can't do anything about it. So it's like we're all being told your all's generation is simultaneously like killing killing fat uh, chain restaurants and killing the economy but also like you're it's on you to fix everything to like figure it out before you become the grown-ups because it's, it's on you do you think uh i mean i feel like that there's two ways that could go you could either just become very apathetic as a generation and say apparently it doesn't matter what we do because the people in charge have no idea what they're doing everything's a mess I quit. I'm going to... Is that why you guys love tiny homes? I'm going to move to a tiny yeah. home. <laughs> I'm going to simplify my life. I'm going to move to a tiny home. The I'm going to spend my house, money on... The farther away you can be from everything There you go. Happening. I'm going to spend my money on avocado toast. 
I'm going to live in a tiny home and I'm going to forget about the rest of the country because I can't handle you people anymore. Yes. I guess there's that reaction. But, but the flip side is it could be very liberating to say the adults don't have it figured out, have it figured out. So forget the adults. We're going to figure it out. Step back. We got this. You guys clearly are incompetent and we gave you a chance. You're ruining everything. We're done with you. We know how to use the internet better than you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah you guys don't know how to update your iphones we are going to take over the world um <laughs> like if this is going to be a battle of social media old people you're gonna lose just wait <laughs> just wait till they come up with another update for twitter and then we'll we'll be fine and yeah. you all we'll have to figure it out without us okay, guess what old folks twitter is we will make twitter so obsolete your heads will spin we, we figured out now you can tweet 280 characters on twitter but you all haven't yet so just wait for our tweets twice the size of viewers <laughs> can, can someone just like secretly like change the president's sign-in password because he'll never be able to figure it out again i, I no. just just something uh but i think i i hope it's that that second option because i do feel like it's i mean you know i i, I try to be I don't want to active. I, I sometimes it feels like just reactive. Like, oh no, what happened? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna donate here. Oh no, something else. Okay, I'm gonna donate here, and it just sometimes can feel like so much. Like I just, what, does any of this matter? And the answer is yes, it all matters. But it, I can see how, you know, it would be very easy to just feel like, well, I mean, it it doesn't get better. So why am I trying to, you know, throw Throw nickels sure. into an endless void of, like, <laughs> badness. But, but again, I think that I always think it's helpful to look to the past to see, you know, examples of these kinds of situations. For Because uh, sometimes I think they're very comforting. I have to imagine, and I didn't live then, and I'm not a historian, but I have to imagine that there was a similar undercurrent to young people and their like their reactions to the Nixon administration feeling totally betrayed by your government feeling like they're not they they're not in charge they don't know what they're doing they don't have things handled their motivations are not whether or not you agree with exactly how they want to do things their core motivations are different than what we kind of all agree they should be and i mean i guess the reaction to that was so we're going to change the world for ourselves yeah you know we're motivated to become revolutionary and change the world ourselves so maybe that is the direction i'm i'm hoping it is i think about the time that we're in right now and the state of the world that i'm living through right now and i'm hoping that looking at my generation and your all's generation and the generation below me like charlie's generation thinking of the the positive impact that hopefully things like this will have on people to be inspired to do something different that we always talk about in history how every time there's a push in one direction in history there's always a pushback and i think right now we're in the middle of one mm -hmm. in the middle of a giant pushback in, in a in a bad direction but i'm hoping that my generation can kind of help start that push back to the pushback yeah <laughs> like kind of a push back in that direction of of some somewhat decency and i think that it's just it, my generation we're being told it's on you to fix it and i'm hoping that once my generation is in a place where we can that things will maybe start 
being okay (laughs) because we can start pushing back against that saying like we don't think this is okay we may not all agree and some of us may be on total opposite ends of the political spectrum but we can all agree that things that are happening right now are not okay and we can all agree that there is a better way to handle situations that are happening right now and we all want a better place to live in we may want some things different depending on the specifics that we believe in but we all want a safe world to live in so with that in mind um we've we've talked a little bit about some ways you can help we've talked about calling your representatives but there are a lot of other things you can do um because one thing we haven't addressed a lot is that while there are things that involve like legislative changes that you can push for like you know mass shootings and and issues related to gun violence and there are ways that you can push back in response to that if it, if it is something that concerns you, I think that the other thing that has happened recently is not just Hurricane Maria, because I don't want to say natural disasters are new. <laughs> no, obviously not. <laughs> Climate and change. It is no one's it is no one's fault that a natural disaster has struck. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is part of nature. Nature, right? And, and <laughs> we're the, definitely not doing anything to the environment that would cause an increase in uh, dangerous weather patterns or anything. Well, that's fair. Okay, okay, fair, fair, fair. point. Well made. Yes, I on a grander scale. Just, you know, just want to say. No, very, very fair point. And I think, I think one thing you could say is that if, if, you know, the number of devastating hurricanes we've seen affecting various parts of the U.S. recently and outside the U.S., frankly has been upsetting to you one thing to really take a hard look at is what am i doing in terms of climate change again are you voicing that that is a concern of yours to your legislators are you saying like i'd like to see the u.s be more active in combating climate change are you thinking about your own carbon footprint are you considering how you can reduce your you know co2 emissions Hmm. so so i think that that's an excellent point tay but I think the bigger thing with especially right now what we're seeing in Puerto Rico is the response. Right. Absolutely. This is definitely not unprecedented. I think anyone who had to go through Hurricane Katrina could tell you that this is not the first time that the United States government has not uh, responded quickly enough or Mm -hmm. well enough to a disaster scenario. Well, I mean, he did donate a golf trophy in their honor. (laughs) So that is Guys, I, if they had drinking water they could put that there um that's which almost 50 yeah. percent of people don't have right now someone please tell me that's an onion headline someone please tell I me that's he, not I think he real dedicated it to I, we elected an onion headline into office yeah but i mean basically. he dedicated it yes we, it was a dedication okay. i don't think he's packing okay. it up and shipping it there i don't know no i i mean he wouldn't who knows, give it but, away. um no, he wouldn't want to give it away. No. He's going to put it on, but, his, on but, an, with all of his participation <laughs> trophies that I'm sure he has. There there are ways that we can all come together to help more so than some people who have a lot more power than we do are currently. Which is, which is exactly what I think, you know, when we see that right now the response, uh, aid response in Puerto Rico from our government has not been satisfactory. No. It has not been enough. Yes. And this is it. This is a U.S. territory. I I say that that's a fact that shouldn't need to be stated, but people are people seem to forget that people seem to forget that that just like 
it was demanded and expected, uh, rightly so, that there should be appropriate disaster relief to Florida and to Texas. Absolutely. Uh, the same to Puerto Rico. Yes. And the other islands in the Caribbean that were affected by the various hurricanes that have passed through recently, the uh, the countries to which of which they are territories have also responded mm-hmm. with disaster relief to those places. So this is not... There's nothing out of the ordinary here. Yeah. And the fact that it's an island does not make it that impossible for us to get help to. We have planes and boats. And the fact that it's not connected directly to the United States does not make it any less a part of the United States. No. Like, y'all, Hawaii isn't connected to the United States, but we we still all like, yeah, that's a state. Puerto Rico is not connected to the United States, but it's still a U.S. territory. Those are U.S. citizens. And, and the fact is, we've seen amazing things out of people who are on the ground in Puerto Rico, people who uh, were already living there or people who have already arrived to help in the aid effort. Um, the way that the communities have pulled together and helped to help each other is incredible. Uh, but I don't think that it's enough to stand back and yell for our government to do better. I do think you should do that. I think you should constantly be demanding that we do better. Yes. But you should also help yourself. Yeah. Right. As in help like others yourself. Help, you you yourself should help others. Yeah. No, not not help. I mean help yourself. Just not right now. <laughs> help somebody else. Um and there are a lot of ways you can do that. Um I know I have a few organizations. The main one is the Hispanic Federation. Um they have an Unidos disaster relief fund that you can donate money to very easily that they will use to give supplies where they are needed and it goes to help both Puerto Rico and Mexico. Mm. Um through both of the hurricanes that affected both of those areas yeah um there's also if you want your help to be more centralized there's the save the children fund that is helping give children supplies like diapers and sanitary wipes and bassinets to bathe in um and the direct relief fund that's helping this organization supply medical supplies and equipment and medicine to people who don't have access to uh working medical equipment or the medicines they need and and if you're unsure about where to donate money uh because but you want to help uh taylor you mentioned a really great resource that one can check uh, yeah uh, i i use charitynavigator.org often um you can see like the you know how how transparent uh certain charities are with their money the distribution of the, the of where their money goes between like people that actually run the company and how much actually hits the ground to help the people in need um so it's a it's a very good kind of very like look into the chair where you're giving your money and you can make sure you're giving it to the right people so i i would highly recommend that before you before you donate to make sure that the money's going where you want it to go um and you know our friend lynn manuel miranda has been tweeting out constantly great resources and suggestions if you want to provide more help uh, to Puerto Rico and to Mexico. I think he has he has tweeted out lots of great resources. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we wanted to mention was uh, for those who may be in the Las Vegas area, donating blood is a great, uh, very tangible, direct thing you can do right now. I think there are six different locations in Las Vegas um, that are helping directly to aid victims. Um, but if you're unsure, if you're in an area that can help the United Blood Services hotline is one eight seven seven eight two seven four three seven six, and if you call them, they'll let you know uh, places in your area that are accepting blood that need blood, 
anywhere close by that you may be able to help out. I know that they've also been uh, tweeting out that in the hotels in that area, they've been looking for trauma counselors. So if there is anyone in that area who is a trauma counselor, you can do a lot of good right now. Um, and in general, when you when you talk about donating blood, Riley, it's a good note that another way you can help if you don't have money to give at the moment, if you're not in a position to be able to donate money for these various causes, other than phone calls um, to your representatives and that kind of thing, Donating blood is a great thing mm -hmm. to do. Um, and it's needed even, I mean, uh, we talk about disaster scenarios. It's needed always. 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 It's needed. So I would encourage everybody who is uh, medically able to do so to donate blood. It is it is a wonderful thing that you can do. And um, you're, you're giving somebody maybe the gift of life by donating blood, which, I mean, what, what more can you do than that? And, uh, and you'll, you know, you, you'll feel better. Well, no, initially you'll feel kind of dizzy. But then you'll feel better. But then you'll feel fine. It's okay. You'll you still have plenty left. And I will say, social media can be a bad thing sometimes, but if you're not in a position to help directly, just share places that need help. Share places that other people can help. Let people know that there are places you can go to online to donate money. There are people you can call. There are places to go to donate blood. Make sure people know that because maybe if you're not in a position to help, other people are. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah be because it's more than just information. What, I mean, the information obviously is, is critical that you're spreading. If you have a good resource that you know is reliable and a good thing people can do, spread the word, definitely. But the other thing you're doing is you're, you're, you are action. You are positive action when you do that. You're showing that the best response, the best, the best in us is when we come together in the wake of tragedy to try to do better and be better and help each other out. Um, it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to have moments where you feel like you're losing hope or you feel helpless. That's okay. But the best thing you can do is try to pull together through those moments and show everyone that there is hope, there is a light, there is a next step. Um, that's, a, that's a very intangible but just as critical thing that you're doing. Absolutely. And, that, and that's really the thing, like helping like the people in your life to stay hopeful and stay active I mean we can't get to the point where we just you know accept these things I think you know there's and this is this is a opinion that I'm I'm going to state there's a lot of talk right now about people standing for the national anthem and uh I don't I don't think that is our national anthem at the moment anymore and I think what it is it's a phrase that you used earlier Sid and it's something you say you just sit down with a shrug and that's hopes and prayers thoughts and thoughts and prayers like that's that's our national anthem these days and it's not something to be proud of we all have to try better and do more yeah i like to think i agree of our world if you've seen the show the good place we all have a number of points in the good place <laughs> i like to think that our world as a whole has a number of points and when things like this happen it takes us down below the line and into the negative numbers and i think any small thing you do that goes in the positive direction help helps work towards us reaching a positive number altogether um even if that's just helping someone out completely unrelated to a tragedy or something that has just happened on a national or international level just just try to put those positive points back into the world mm -hmm. well i hope that that was helpful in some way yeah me too uh, thank you both sisters for, for okay. sharing your thoughts on this and for 
um, opening up with something like this. I know it's always hard. Certainly, it's I, I don't want to say it's hard to talk about because um, right now there are people who are going through things that are unimaginably difficult, and and I you know, and we can't even begin to understand right. the kind of the kind of suffering and hurt that a lot of families um, are experiencing today. Um, in the in the wake of of the shooting in Las Vegas and with everything that has happened um, in the wake of the hurricanes uh, in in Puerto Rico and in the Virgin Islands and uh, all throughout you know St Martin Dominica Barbuda like you know and Florida and Texas too you know mm. so uh, obviously it doesn't even begin to approach that but um, but thank you both for talking about it anyway and hopefully this has been cathartic for those of you who stuck around to listen thank you for listening um and thank you to the maximum fun network for for hosting us and letting us do a show on your network and talk about things like this and uh thank you to everybody who tweets at us at still buff if you want to email us at still buffering at maximumfun.org please do with your thoughts your comments your questions anything like that and thank you to the novellas for our theme song baby change your mind this has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I'm a teenager. And I was too. How's it going, everyone? I'm Oliver Wang. And I'm Morgan Rhodes. We have a brand new show on the Maximum Fun Network that we'd love to share with you. It's called Heat Rocks. Morgan, we should probably explain what a heat rock is. It is a banger, a fire track, true fire. Right, dope album. Each episode, we will bring on a special guest to join us to talk about one of their heat rocks. It might be a musician. A writer. Maybe a scholar. I mean, I would have been happy to just talk to you about your heat rocks, but this is a different show. Yeah, so. I think people might enjoy hearing maybe the guests instead. To do that, you'll have to go to MaximumFun.org. So if you want to talk about hot music, you should check us out. Heat Rocks. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.